Welcome back to The Human Exception. This week, Courtney tells us about live rock, a staple among aquarium hobbyists that may contain sinister surprises. Content warning, expect foul language, but also if creepy bugs ick you out, this may not be your jam. Let's get ready for another Human Exception. having an existential crisis <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm just staring I need to go it. lie outside for a minute touch something real <laughs> but go pet the cat there's a cat where's tissue when you need him he's having his own existential crisis that's very likely i think cats every time they see a bug have an existential crisis because it's like <laughs> wait just what that look this? like what is head this? empty. Yeah, I... he, he doesn't. He's outside the simulation. <laughs> that poor baby. <laughs> He's very sweet, but he is not very intelligent. And I think some, yeah. sometimes, you know, <laughs> like sometimes he does wicked smart stuff. Like he knows how to open up the baby lock on our closet, but he can't figure out how to push a door open when he's locked in the bathroom. And by <laughs> locked, I mean the door is ajar. And just not open enough for his little body to slip through. And he just sits there and cries. Oh, my gosh. So. Oh, my gosh. He exists outside the simulation. He is our bridge to the original timeline. He is all things good. All hail Titian. <laughs> Sweet, empty-headed baby. Oh. I don't know where he is. I'm trying to, like, I kept saying his name, hoping he'd come. He's not coming. Yeah. Panic. He's no, he's probably watching bunnies in the backyard. Oh, all right, Courtney, bring us home. Um, so I'm going to be talking about live rock, which is something that we use in aquaria aquariums. Um, but before I start on this long trek, uh, I'm just going to give some content warnings. Not something I usually do when I'm talking about fish. Um. So, so I'll give like a general content warning at the beginning and then I'll try and remember to give you another little updated one before I start talking about the content that needs warnings. Um, so uh, content warning for sexual violence, regular violence, animal death, and animal abuse. Sexual violence? Shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but first we're going to start with just like what is live rock? So live rock is uh, rock that has already existing animals and bacteria and everything living in and on it. Sometimes it also incorporates coral, both living and just like the coral framework. Um, we use it in tanks for a couple different reasons. One, it makes things look pretty. When you have a salt, this, this is going to be mostly for saltwater tanks. We don't really use live rock in freshwater tanks because it's just a completely different biosystem. Um, but in saltwater tanks, you use it for like aquascaping so that you have like some hard, call it a hardscape when you have the rocks and the corals. Um, and it gives like 
balance and flow to your tank. And it also kind of sets up a framework for it in terms of like a biosphere. Because I think that's something that people don't realize is when you have a fish tank, it's just not water in a bowl with a fish in it, or it shouldn't be. And if that's what you have, um, fuck you. Um, it should be an ecosystem, right? So you have bacteria, even with your little sad fish in a bowl. You have bacteria, you have plants, there are complex chemical cycles happening. Um, and so, like, when you have live rock in a saltwater tank, it kind of gives you a jumpstart for that. And also, sometimes you get fun little guys that come along with it, like corals and algae. And sometimes you get stuff that you don't necessarily want, like extra invertebrates that you didn't know were in there. Um, but, like, setting up that, um, that biological cycle, the bacteria, is, like, fundamental to aquariums. And I'm sure, Kaylee, you already know this. Um, <laughs> It's very important. You can't just, like, buy a tank and a fish at PetSmart and come home and chuck them together. Some people do. Um, to start a cycle, they'll have, like, what they call a sacrificial fish. I don't agree with this system. But they'll get, like, a goldfish or something and throw it in the tank. This is for fresh water. And uh, let it exist and set up some bacteria and nitrogen and get the thing going. And if the fish dies, the fish dies. Uh, I'm I'm more of the belief of borrowing water either from your fish store that you get your your stuff from or a friend um or you can actually purchase like um bottles of jumpstart basically for your tank to get that bacteria going and what that does is it breaks down all the the ammonia and nitrates in your tank and helps like you know get the ecosystem going um so live rock you know, you're getting it. It looks pretty. It has stuff on it. Uh, it looks good. Um, you're getting your cycle going. But when you get it, uh, you don't always know what you're getting. Um, live rock comes from one of two places um, for saltwater. You either get wild live rock or you get um, like artificial. It's like artificial, but farmed, right? So it's like farmed hard rock. Domestic so hard basically, rock. Basically, yeah. So, so with like the the farmed hard rock, what people do is they'll have either like a a they're like fish breeders or you know they're working in the aquarium trade and they have access to the ocean and they're putting in like mined land rock into the water to get all of these things on it and then they sell that or they have a tank where they're doing that and they're basically artificially creating these rocks the other way you can get live rock is from the wild um and then we kind of get into like the fish trade and aquariums and how it's kind of sad <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so this is content warning for animal death and animal harm uh in in the fish trade the ornamental fish trade um generally you're getting your 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 animals and your live rock from two places. You're either getting it from, um, like the Indonesia area where they've got lots of, of corals in the South Pacific, or you're getting it, or sometimes you get them from Fiji. Fiji's also a real hot spot for getting live rock, um, or you're getting it from the Caribbean and the Atlantic. Um, but like we don't really think about how do we get that live rock. Well, um, there's several different ways. <laughs> One of which is just taking a crowbar to a reef and hacking it apart. 
Um, and the other one is no. like just yeah, no, the other one's worse. Uh, the other one is just you know grabbing some dynamite and uh, sticking it into crevices and exploding pieces off of the wreath. Oh my gosh! What the fuck? Yeah. So, um, if you're like, I don't understand why that's so bad. Let me break it down for you, Elon, because we're going to get into it. <laughs> One, you're damaging a reef. And I don't know if you know, but there's this thing called global climate change and ocean pollution that's really fucking up our reefs. Uh, they're already having a bad time. We're going through, like, I'm sure I haven't checked because, like, I didn't think about it just right now. But, like, the Great Barrier Reef itself, which you cannot explode off of. Let me just make that clear. It's protected. Not legally. Not legally, um, but like it's going through like another major die-off, and when you have too many major die-offs with corals, they can't bounce back. Um, so you're you're damaging a an ecosystem. Explosives are hard on fish. <laughs> uh, who would have thought? Um, and it's not like you can scare all of them away because where do they go when they're scared? But into the coral that you are now trying to explode. So okay, that's but not great. Mythbusters did this. They did the underwater explosion and what it does to living things, and it's fucked. It's up. fucked. Yeah. yeah. Um, going into like away from rocks a little bit and more into like harvesting fish. Um, they use um explosives also sometimes. Um, they also use cyanide. Well, they'll just dose an area with cyanide tablets. Um, and so, like, a bunch of those fish just straight up die. Um, like, half of them huh. die. Uh, and, but it stuns them enough to where they can be, like, grabbed. And that's why they do it that way. Um, yeah, the ornamental fish trade, like, is horrific. Please, when you go to buy fish, if you go to buy fish, even if they're freshwater and not saltwater... Please make sure you are buying captive bred animals because um, it's heartbreaking. Um, I have, I'm not going to show pictures to you guys because it's, it's honestly uh, super devastating. But like something like 90% of all harvested fish die within the first year. Um, and most of those die before they even make it to a pet store. Yeah. Um, um, if, you, if you're at a, if you have a good fish store, They'll know where their fish are from and they'll be able to tell you. If they can't tell you where the fish are from, don't, don't, buy don't shop there. Don't go there. Um, like, Pet PetSmart has been terrible for this stuff. Or like, you know, and they'll lie. Yeah. They lie about where they get their animals. Um, they'll say that they're because they're just kids. Like most of the time they're just kids, right? They're like they're like minimum wage retail workers. They don't know and they believe what the label says, but a lot of the time they're they're not where they're from. Um but yeah, something like twenty 20 to 25 million tropical fish are taken and sold in the aquarium trade and 90% of those die. The aquarium trade is like huge uh, in, in uh, developing countries. It's, it's an easy, well, easy quote unquote way, an easier way for them to make a lot of money. But even then they're still getting paid pennies on the dollar for what, what ends up in, you know, American stores. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty devastating. Um, yeah, uh, I need a second. <laughs> it's looking at the pictures and I shouldn't be. Yeah, so check check and see where you can get, you know, har like farmed farmed Captain Fred 
uh, fish and and live because it's it's really important. Uh, it's heartbreaking to watch people blow up chunks of a reef, um, and yeah. and like half of them die right there. What are you gonna do with that? That's that's so much waste. Um, I got deep into this when I did my undergrad. We talked a lot about um, the relationship of of people in developing countries with the aquarium trade, and like they don't really have choices. Uh, and I feel like a lot of Western places are definitely like taking advantage of them. Yeah. Anyway, so back to live, back to live rock. Uh, the other the the other portion of that uh, that. <laughs> That's less horrific, but also still problematic is that when you get a live rock like that, you don't really know what you're getting, um, even if it's farmed sometimes, because it, they're putting these things in the natural ocean sometimes. And unless even if you're watching your rock 24 seven, God knows what's getting in there. Right. Um, so there are a bunch of horror stories from hobbyists about getting live rock or listening to uh, advice from local fish stores and um, what's happened to their tank because of it. Um, yeah, so we're going to get into those because they're uh, horrific and entertaining. Um, so I got these from a couple different uh, online forums for hobbyists. Um, the thing about hobby the hobby of aquarium keeping aquarius aquarius is that uh, a lot of it is just people and like even in the history a lot of it is just people taking things and putting things in tanks and and testing to see how they can keep them alive the longest um and i say that with love because i am also an aquarium keeper <laughs> that's also kind of how it's just kind of how it is you have a a very complex system that you're you're trying to keep going that could crash at any moment it's it's a wild ride um, so a lot of the way that we get our information isn't from books, because there's not really a one right way of doing anything. Even when I was looking on the forums about live rock, there's a lot of like back and forth about whether live rock is worth it or not, quote unquote. Um, and the best way to get information is to do an ass load of research uh, and find a reputable fish store that you can work with to get advice and uh, to work on the upkeep of your tank. Um, so this is the first horror story. It's a little bit more about the horror stories of bad fish stores. Um, but there is a little bit of live rock story in here. Uh, so my biggest mistake ever was to listen to a couple local fish stores for advice. They put me, they had me put red lava rock in a saltwater tank with two puffers. They were slowly poisoned to death, but I replaced them and went through many fish before I found out why. I let my skimmer, there's like a protein skimmer that you can use to help get proteins out of the water, uh, go without adjusting it and then turn it off for a month. And the fish jumped out because the toxins built up. I put too big of a cleanup crew and the hermits went to battle. Little hermit arms and legs laying all over the sand. The local fish store told me I could have had a chocolate chip sea star in a reef and it ate everything. Um, chocolate chip stars are actually really pretty, and I'm just going to show you guys a, a picture real quick because I actually really like them, and I would love to have them in a tank. But apparently, like I could have told you they were aggressive as fuck. Um, but they actually they look just like like their name. They look like a sea star with little chocolate chips on top. Oh come on! Oh. 
Um, but yeah, like there are some um, like setting when you set up your tank, it's definitely a good idea to like plan it out ahead of time and not just chuck stuff in and see how it works out because you end up with things eating everything or, or stuff dies um, or you end up with a fish that needs friends in a tank that is a little too small for him and he can't have any friends. That's cute. They look delicious. They're so sweet. Um, but yeah. Also, uh, never so fact that, like the aquarium hobby is also very expensive. So, like, not only are you treating animals horribly, you're wasting a bunch of money. So, and and so, and that's the other thing is like saltwater aquariums are horrendously expensive because you have to you have to make your own seawater, right? So, there's actually I have pictures somewhere. There's actually boxes of salt you can buy that's called like instant ocean. Um, which makes me giggle every time. And you have to mix it uh, with water and you have to like check your your chemistry levels to make sure that you have too much uh, of anything, honestly. It's, yeah, it's wild. Um, and it's expensive. You have to do all the, all the equipment you have. The other thing is like making sure you invest in good equipment and good, good glass, good tanks. Yeah. Um, so this person's story continues. <laughs> I handled live rock with my bare hands when I did an aquascape, and bristle worms stung me. The next day, my hands felt like they were on fire and red. Uh, I bought a carnation coral without researching it. I believe the store that it would live in my tank, lol. They have a lifespan of a few months in captivity. So again, like, please research what you're getting to put in your tank. Um, yeah. I mixed large polyp soft corals and small polyp soft corals together, and all the small polyps died. Sometimes corals can kill each other. Uh, in fact, they kill each other often in the wild because they're fighting for space constantly. <laughs> um, so you also have to keep that in mind in your tank. Uh, I bought a light fixture that sounded like a box fan when the fan was on. I used freshwater pond pump to save money. Uh, I used a hydrometer that went bad, and my salinity went way too high, and having the salinity that far off caused false tests for all my other parameters, so I tried to correct them by adding additives, because you can buy, like, chemicals to add to your tank to balance out, like, how much calcium or magnesium or the alkalinity or the pH. Uh, I added a rock with hundreds of beautiful purple zoos, which are a type of coral on it in my tank. I also discovered I had dozens of them eating nudibranchs and lost the whole rock. Oh, I'm sorry. It had uh, zoanthus eating nudibranchs. So, like, they had nudibranchs on it that ate all the corals. So the rock was then, like, useless. It's just a chunk of rock. It's not pretty anymore. It doesn't have any benefit to it. Um, I did a big water change and changed uh, the brand of salt I was using and it killed my whole tank. Um, so please make sure you do your own research. Don't just trust your local fish store blindly and don't buy cheap equipment. Wild. Um, let's see. Here's another one. Um, I apologize if this is in the wrong spot, but I wanted to share my experience, especially for newbies. Um, when you start off, there's a lot to learn and it is overwhelming. The, one of the first things you do is buy live rock when you're establishing a tank. My biggest regret is not buying the man-made live rock, which does not come with critters. Yeah. My, original, my original rock has ended up coming with five bobbit worms, oh. one mantis shrimp. I have also come to realize today that a bobbit worm has been responsible for two, dang tef, bleh, two deaths in my tank in the past month. Um, I'll share you 
tell you guys a little bit about a bobbit worm before we go on. Um, so bobbit worms uh, were given that name, that colloquial name in late 96. Um, their scientific name is Eunus Aphroditeus. No, Aphroditeus. Um, and they're a polygon. <laughs> Jake, just, Jake just messaged me, fuck bobbit worms. Um, <laughs> so they're Legit. a polygon worm. Uh, which means they have jaws. Um, they're honestly the stuff of nightmares. Uh, they're very aggressive. Um, they are blind, and they're an ambush predator. So, Courtney, if they're blind, how are they dangerous? Well, uh, it's a little ableist of you, but let me tell you. Uh, they have these five antennas that they use to kind of detect everything, and they're basically daredevil. And so anytime they detect any kind of movement, they just bite, bite, bite. And they are honestly... <laughs> Not my favorite. Oh, wait, that's the... Did copy my picture. Going to be a lot of comfort in the next picture you sent. You know, big content warning if you don't like worms. How is this not letting me copy my picture? Oh, it can't access the tip clipboard. Nope. It's just going to copy the name. What if I do a new picture real quick? They're actually, so they are terrifying and gross, but also weirdly beautiful. Um, but also definitely the stuff of nightmares. My files are too big. Fuck off. <laughs> Discord. You're too powerful. The other one has a better picture of their jaws. Here's one. But they're so colorful. Yeah, they're, I mean, like, when I say they're beautiful, I mean, like, they have this kind of really pretty rainbow iridescence thing going on that they have no idea about because they're blind. But also, like, they're really fucking long. They have legs like a centipede. They are a segmented worm. And they have jaws that are awful and terrifying. <laughs> they're like a fucking sandworm from Dune or some shit. You know, I was thinking about this last night when I couldn't sleep. Because um, <laughs> that'll help. <laughs> Uh, you know, I can't take that picture. Um, there's a picture of one. Honestly, like, they get really big. Uh, honestly, I would rather have, so when I think of Dune, I think of, like, the Sarlacc more than I think of a bobbit worm. You know, the Sarlacc from, from Star Wars, where yeah. it's kind of just, like, rows of teeth in a, in a tube, versus this, where it's a blind set of scissors but it's long <laughs> and wiggly yeah um so quick 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 aside on the bobbit worm uh and content warning for violence and sexual violence um if you do not know where a bobbit would be associated with a scissor worm of death um it's because of Lorena bobbit who cut off her husband's penis with a knife uh which was later reattached um she got uh acquitted of this assault charge of cutting her husband's dick off because of insanity um she claimed that again trigger warning uh he had been raping and abusing her for years and so she she kind of snapped and lopped him off uh which ended up being 
beneficial for them both in the long run because I think they both made an ass load of money in sex work for that. But also, it's terrible. Um, and she had this awful worm named after her. I'm sure she loves that. Sure, she loves that. Um, bobbit worms. And, and the thing about them is they are voracious ambush predators. They eat pretty much anything and everything. So if you have them in your tank, they're going to uh, attack anything that comes too close. Um, they're going to have a great time. Yeah. Uh, so this person's story continues. For those of you interested in seeing pictures of the bobbit worms, according aside, you can look them up, but also like know that you're terrifying. Um, or the mantis. You can see my previous post because I had posted about it. I had a beautiful coal tang who slept every night underneath a rock. Um, it created a little cave and he loved it. As of a month ago, I had successfully eradicated four bobbit worms and thought they were all dead and gone. That rock cave was the last piece of live rock from my original batch. So they had originally taken all of the live rock they had gotten and replaced it with dry rock or dead rock that doesn't have any of the, the benefits of having live rock, right? Um, which is insanely expensive. Uh, one morning I woke up and found that my coal tang had a nasty cut that was literally pierced through its back tail. The hole was almost, the hole was almost like I took a screwdriver and pushed it through. The coal tang was fine, but then he had another slash, and then suddenly one day I found him under the rock dead. I suspected that something in my tank uh, was in there killing them. I ended up buying a flameback dwarf, beautiful little fish. Uh, he seemed to get along peacefully with my clowns, my royal gamma, goby, and antheus. These are all different kinds of fish. He slept underneath the same cave that Cole had. A week later, he had a large gash on the side of him, and it was infected. Today, he was hiding under his rock, and I was about to quarantine him because of his cut when I saw a bob worm come down from the inside top of the rock and attack my angelfish, striking it and killing it. My flashlight scared him back into the rock. I thought I could save my angel, but it was too late. If you are new to the hobby, this is them. Uh, do not buy live rock from the ocean, or at least be very careful who you buy it from. I've had my tank for almost a year, and I'm still trying to get rid of bobbit worms because they're impossible to find. When you start losing fish, you think to yourself, oh, maybe my clowns are being assholes when I'm not home, because clownfish can be really territorial. Um, and you start to consider getting rid of the fish that you think are aggressors. And this will also cost you a pretty penny having to replace all that rock because the only way to get rid of a bobbit worm, worm is to get rid of the rock that it is in. My next move is to get rid of this piece of rock, and I'll have no more original rock where the worms came from. The problem is, if there was more than one in the rock, they could have migrated to a new rock that I have now added. Yeah. So, there are other, other guys that could hitch rides in there that you don't necessarily want. Um, mantis and pistol shrimp are one. Some people keep mantis shrimp um, on purpose, or pistol shrimp on purpose, because they are really beautiful. Um, but you have to have a, a specific kind of setup for them. Uh, they can break your tank. They have broken tanks, um, and they'll they can they're they're predators as well. Like they'll kill your your fish, and so um, their claws can like is the claws that do it? Yeah. So they have yeah. like they have these little petty. I don't know if they're claws or petty palps, but they can punch, uh, and it's the same force as getting as like a twenty two rifle. So it's like getting hit, shot with a twenty-two bullet. Um, and it's a shrimp. <laughs> and it's a shrimp. Yeah, here, I'll show a picture of a mantis shrimp. And they're gorgeous. Um, peacock mantis shrimp are really popular in, like, media and stuff because they're really colorful. They've got, like, this huge punch. They punch real good. Um, they can oh. actually boil water when they punch. 
that's how like they they punch so fast they boil water um oh my gosh yeah and they're gorgeous and if you want them that's great but some people don't want them they're not set up for it um they they don't want to risk their other animals which is totally legit um and so they're seen as a pest um pistol shrimp are similar i think i think they're not quite as colorful But yeah, so so when you have a tank and you're setting it up, you also have something called the bio load, which is the amount of living creatures, uh, including plants, that your tank can support based on how much water you have, the shape of your tank, the filtration that you have, uh, and other other like there's so many parameters when you're going to set up a tank. It's really wild. Um and if you're getting live rock and you have an unknown bio load that you're throwing in there, that just seems real risky to me. Um, I, I'm also kind of a control freak and not into that shit. Uh, I want to know what's in my tank and how, it, how it's working. Um, let's see as I look at my tank to see if my snail has laid in their clutch. Um, yeah, so live rock, don't, don't get it from the wild, please. Just as like... Like I always say, like don't throw your pets into the ocean. Please don't get your pets from the ocean. Like let the ocean be. It's having a hard time. Let's go pick <laughs> up some. Let's go pick up some trash off the beach and like get out of the electric car so we don't have to have fucking oil pipelines blowing up the water anymore. Um, yeah. Do your research. Having an aquarium is super satisfying. Like I, I love my little tank. I'm working on like redoing my setup because I have a pretty basic setup and it's not optimal for the one fish that I have now. Um, but like they bring me so much joy. My my little catfish spot comes and sits and talks. He doesn't talk. He just sits there and looks at me and I'm like, I have a conversation with him, but we're talking. Um, and my snail four, who's just beautiful and blue and giant and crapping out all the babies. Like I, I love my little, my little tank. Um, but also like, it's a lot of work doing water changes and cleaning. So, like, do your research. Uh, don't put fish into bowls. Don't. Not even they, not betas. Do they sell you? Don't. Just don't. Don't put betas. Like, be, like, do your research. Like, betas, please give them at least three gallons. They prefer a landscape or a, a hot dog orientation, if you will. <laughs> um, don't put them in a bowl. It's really sad. They're a tropical fish. They need to be kept warm. You need a heater. You need a filter. Um, they like to hide. Give them plants and little little rock formations to hide in. You don't have to have real rock. You can get like a fucking resin faux rock cave. I've got one. Pirate ship or some shit. Yeah. Um, um, there's some aquarists who are like really snotty and are like, don't get fake fake plants and fake gross. Decoration. Like decorations. <laughs> I mean, make your follow your heart. Make yourself. Maybe you aren't ready to tackle plants. I'm not quite ready to tackle plants. I have fake plants, but I have them in there so that my my animals can hide. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just because a just because a bait and a goldfish can live in a bit fish bowl doesn't mean that they're happier. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you you can live in a studio apartment, a 200 square foot studio apartment, but like and be locked in there and have people deliver you food and you'll survive. But you won't like it. Think of how horrible and miserable you've been through this pandemic. <laughs> and then, like, translate that to 
a bedroom. Just be in your bedroom for the rest of your life. Yeah. So I'm give good. your give your fish and your inverts some space to move. And uh I mean enrichment with fish is hard because like it's hard to gauge that with pet like bigger mammal pets and, and snakes and stuff, it's easier. But like give them places to hide and make sure they have friends if they need friends. Like my Cory catfish should really be in a shoal and he isn't because I didn't know when I got him because my local fish store didn't tell me. They just told me he'd be great instead of getting a shrimp. Uh, I wish I'd gotten shrimp instead uh, just because I feel bad for my quarry catfish. But yeah, do your research. Don't let your local fish store bully you into buying something. And yeah, be careful about the worms. Yeah, and if you get into the saltwater tank thing, uh, don't buy live rock. Bobbit worms are terrifying. Perfect. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I think that's it. Cool beans. Do we traumatize Hallie? Are you alive? I, I'm. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I was just thinking about all the goldfish that I had as a kid and. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um. I can like. I'll. I'll expose myself when I was. Five, six, I was in first grade. We had turtles in our classroom. And one day I showed up to class and my teacher, Mrs. Lester, who I absolutely still adore to this day, um, was going to be feeding them goldfish, um, which is an enrichment for the animal, right? Uh, but was a little traumatizing for little six-year-old me. So I cried until she let me bring the goldfish home without talking to my mother. <laughs> And then I had this goldfish in a tank. Like we had a proper tank. I don't know that it was like properly. It definitely wasn't cycled. It definitely wasn't properly decked out. But it was a tank. Um, but little six-year-old Courtney wanted to share her cinnamon sugar toast with her new fish friend. And so she sprinkled cinnamon in the fish tank. And uh, suffocated her fish with cinnamon. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a lesson. But then when I was older, I got a goldfish from like the the fish store, like one of the 25 cent feeder fish. And he grew to be like six inches long. His name was George. And he lived for like six or seven years and had a glorious uh, life. So yeah. and goldfish are really hard to care for. Um, like I would love we a goldfish, get... but you, you need 20 gallon tank for one. And I don't have. It. Oh, my gosh. They just yeah, created someone. They must have lived forever. I think they lived for like six or seven years, and they were huge. Yeah, yeah. Well, like koi fish are just fancy goldfish. They're they're a carp. They're all in the same little. But like, yeah, they're they need a lot of space. They also output a lot of ammonia. Like I don't know. I love goldfish, but I don't know that I would do one again. Yeah, maybe in a pond. The ponds are expensive and hard to do, too. Like, you think you could just dig a fucking hole in the ground and call it a nope. day? Nope. Nope. Do your research. I actually think betas are really good starter pets for people wanting to get into aquariums. Um, but, like, you definitely need a tank. A tank tank for them. Don't put them in a bowl. It makes me so sad. And they'll you, they'll reward you for putting them in a bigger tank and stuff, because they'll get so bright yeah. and colorful and, like, Vibrant, yeah, 
and and they have personalities like my my beta my beta passed away he got sick um which happens right like even when you're doing everything right things things can get sick and die and and it's just kind of how it is but like he used to come up and like sit at the top of the tank when i came by and like he would come and play he would play with the cory catfish they would play tag um he would harass the the snails which were bigger than him because i've had four snails um yeah, it's yeah. They're really rewarding. They're really sweet, but like also you have to put a lot of work into them. Yeah. Yeah. Fish. 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 <laughs> okay, I'm gonna stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week. Next time we're gonna get spoopy with some old-fashioned ghost stories. As always, links, pictures, additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com. To keep up with all things exceptional, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at The Human Exception. Have a story that you want us to cover? Want to tell us that we're wrong? We just want to say hi? You can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And to get on the fun, you can come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on our contact page. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs> <laughs>